Coming out this week, off-screen. Rachel Weiss is in denial. Andrew Garfield takes us to Hacksaw Ridge. The gang are back in T2, train spotting. Rebecca Hall is Christine. Dystopian drama beckons for the White King. Matthew McConaughey and Scarlett Johansson sing. And Christian Johnson takes us through the life of a camera person. All those to come and more, off-screen. This is... This is Offscreen. With the latest film news and reviews, this is Offscreen, the on-screen radio show. Ooh, welcome to Offscreen, I'm Vagra. I am Case Allen. So, big week, of course, Mr. Allen. I mean, Pretty we'll, big, yeah. we'll, we'll save the big Oscar spiel, I think, for the podcast extras this week when we have more time to really properly we get into to, it. We need to chew the fat on that one, I think. Well, also, if we go by our historical record, whenever yeah. you predict an award winner, it always comes true. Mm. So if anyone wants to make some quick money on William Hill, they can just... Even though I, yeah, I've, I've, been, I've had some pretty good innings for the last five years, at least. I've you never really bet have. on it. You never have, have you? I remember... I've, I'm, I've I'm going to capitalise. On it. I've watched a few year. Oscar ceremonies with you now, yeah. and uh, yeah, it's always always a bit annoying when you're always right. So uh, then, before we get on with the the news, the reviews, the box office top ten, etc., take us to the bridge with some uh, some juicy news, then, Mister Allen. This is some juicy news. Is it? Uh- Premium Juicy, bring it on. This is, aside from the Oscars that we'll get to in due course, it's probably the biggest news of the week. Go on, so, uh, episode eight. Ooh, finally. Yes, Star Wars has a title. Eight. That title is The Last Jedi. Well, it's not The Last Starfighter, but I'll take it. I like that. I, can, I like it. Didn't they say in The Force Awakens uh, during the title crawl that Luke Skywalker was The Last Jedi now? Yes, but now there's a whole thing about what do we mean by Jedi? Is Jedi used in like a singular term? Is it Jedi plural? Because obviously Jedi could be either singular or plural. People have been dissecting it, which is hilarious because we don't know anything about it at all. I do know one thing, though. Always two there are. A master and an apprentice. apprentice. Uh, So So there we are. Maybe that's it. Maybe Luke's going to die and and Daisy Ridley's going to be the last Jedi. And yeah, that, that could that could happen possibly. Although, oh, oh, it could just still be referring to Luke because, as far as they are aware, he is the last Jedi right now. We're nerding then, out so bad right now. I know, but anyway, that's what it's going to be called. It comes here middle of December, as per usual, because mm-hmm. Disney now owns December. Yeah, Disney well owns, owns Star Christmas Wars. now. Yeah. yeah, it's it's just bought Christmas. <laughs> I'm happy with that. I mean, if you I'm told fine with that as well. When I was a kid, if you told me that one day every Christmas was going to see a new Star Wars movie and they were going to be awesome. I, I, I wouldn't believe you. I'd be like, no, nah, it won't happen. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, lo and behold, here, here we, we are. are. So, okay, let's get a review done quick. Let's talk mm, about uh, Denial. Have you, have you had the pleasure of Denial? Uh, no, I've never been to Denial. You've never been to I've Denial. It ain't just a river in Egypt. Egypt. There we go. Uh, there it denial, is. which is the first of three true stories this week uh, in which Brits play Americans, which is a very weird mm, trend this strange. week. But uh, yeah. we've got Rachel Vice, Andrew Garfield. It's, it's nice to have Hall. a theme, isn't it? It really is, isn't it? It's yeah. like US TV in 2005. But... Uh, <laughs> Every series, British guys and American. Couldn't figure that one out. <laughs> so the wire. <laughs> yeah. So Denial, then, which is the first 
of our three uh, Brits playing American True Stories. Uh, this one, is you might know the story. This is David Irving, uh, the Holocaust-denying historian, and how he filed a libel suit against Deborah Lipstadt, mm. who in this version, she's played by Rachel Weisz, he's played by uh, Timothy Spall. And uh, basically, she has under, under the rules of United Kingdom Court, the burden of proof is on the, uh, on the accuser, as opposed to the accuser. So in this case, she has to go in and effectively prove that the Holocaust happened in order to make his claims of denying the Holocaust you know, kind of null and void. Um, and of course, she has this, this big issue of she doesn't want to actually put the Holocaust itself on trial. And it becomes a big furor. This obviously is entirely based on true events. You've got an all-star cast in there as well. Andrew Scott turns up, uh, Tom Wilkinson. Moriarty, Tom Wilkinson. And we like Tom, Tom Wilkinson. Yeah. And we have a clip of an exploratory uh, journey to Auschwitz. God, this whole thing is infuriating. It beggars belief. Why has there not been a proper scientific study of this whole site by reputable scientists? 50 years since the fact. It's ridiculous. Where's the proof? Where's the evidence? I need to know that. You know what? This is a place where you show respect. Whoever you are, you show respect. I have to ask some more questions. Would you be happier outside? I thought we weren't going to try the Holocaust. We're not. I thought we weren't going to debate, did the Holocaust happen? That's what we agreed, Heather. That's what we agreed. He's asking questions. That's all. He has to ask questions. This isn't about memorializing. It's about forensics. So I, I didn't expect an awful lot from this, I've got to be honest, because I saw the trailer for it, and I saw how awful Rachel Weisz's uh, American accent was, and it, it's sort of a Brooklyn... Pretty impressively bad wig as well, it, Yeah, it? really yeah. bad wig, really bad, and there's, there's a point in which you see a picture of her with the the actual lady, and uh, wow, just <laughs> worlds apart. And uh, this is the thing, originally this was planned for uh, Hilary Swank. And you watch the film, you think, wow, actually, that you, makes sense. The, if you'd had yeah. Hilary Swank in this, you'd have really been talking something. Now, as it is, you're not far off that as, as, as it stands. Very, very well cast. Timothy Spall owns this. And have you have you seen him in the last couple of years, Timothy Spall? The last thing I saw him in was Mr. Turner. Right. And since then, he has dropped a ton of He weight, got skinny, he? didn't he? Yeah. And it, I, I, I thought it might have been for this role. It wasn't. It's just a general lifestyle change. Mm. In this role, as David Irving, he is so sinister. He is so lizard-like, so reptilian. He's just evil. And it, do you know what? Brilliant. Such a fantastic performance, because at the same time, you can't stop watching him. It's not a love to hate. It's just you want to hate this guy, and you can't stop. And... Then you've got Tom Wilkinson, who's basically bringing that sort of well-worn sort of veneer that he always does. You know, being a Tom Wilkinson type. Being a Tom Wilkinson type, you know, in that way that Tom Wilkinson is wont to do. Mm. Uh, Andrew Scott, I think, plays it a little smarmier than usual. In that kind of, you know, in the way that he did when he was in the Bond film, he was he was quite smarmy in that. But uh, it was it was hidden yeah, behind the was, villain. Thing. What was his uh, his uh, letter in Bond? Oh, do you know, I can't remember. See. He was C. C. He oh, was yes, because yeah. it was that amazing was line. line. Yeah. yeah. No, I think I'll call you C. Um, <laughs> and this is the thing. I, I really, really loved it. Even Rachel Weiss's accent, she manages to put in such a great performance behind that that you then look through. You manage to see through this really, what you would suspect to be an impenetrable you know, dialect that she's putting on. It does work. It is a tremendously well put together film. It is incisively written. It complicates, it, sorry, it concentrates, sorry, as much on the procedural elements as much on the factual and the forensic as you can hear from the clip the forensic academic elements of it as it does the emotional stuff and it balances the two really really well and it's David Hare the playwright mm. who's, who's written this yep. really really enjoyed it you won't believe who directed this by the way 
No, I don't know, actually. Right. Mick Jackson. Do you know the name Mick Jackson? I almost thought you were going to say Mick Jagger. No. For a split Jackson, second. The director of The <laughs> no. Bodyguard and Volcano. So, yeah. Really? I know. And you know what? He's great at this. And he's not done an awful lot for a long time, but I, I think it's time he came back. Please. I just want to watch Volcano now. That's got one of my favourite ever movie taglines. Takes a geological event to heat a million gallons of water in 24 hours. No, no, there's an alternative one, which is, is the coast is toast. Oh, well, yeah. yes. No, that was, no that, that was the tagline I went with just a line of dialogue. Yeah, Sorry. Did, that's true, yeah. Uh, but no, definitely see Denial. It is so, so good. And it's heart-wrenching. It's moving. Do see it. Um, if you've even... If, if you're one of those people that has... A lot of people have an, an interest in uh, places like Auschwitz and the, and the horrors and things that were committed there. Um, just on this pure historical fascination level, definitely see this. You need to see this as part of that education. Uh, my mum, for instance, will absolutely lap this film up. She'll love it. Um, see, every documentary gone going my mum has seen on this subject. <laughs> uh, so let's plug the podcast real quick then, because uh, with this week we're not going to get to talk about the white king or camera person on on air so we'll have to do no, it on podcast extras yeah um so yeah pop along to uh, do you want to go through the list what's the list now okay so so far we have itunes obviously uh-huh. uh tune in uh-huh. acast and a partridge sure Petri. <laughs> and a partridge Petri. deezer i think as well deezer's uh, i don't think we're on spotify but oh no that's will be at some point i think maybe. we will at some point it's a relatively new thing doing podcasts yeah so. we we are yet to crack sweden yeah we've not cracked sweden we will get there we are big in norway though would you believe really we are yeah it's funny though like uh, uh tom and giant spain from uh, game of thrones <laughs> exactly so download the podcast uh, extended edition you get more after the end credits and it's a lot of fun i want to talk for two minutes then about christine really quick uh we had a documentary about this about three months ago I think. yeah it was. we did because i i was like well we've, we've already seen this film exactly k plays christine and this is about christine chubbuck who was a 70s a florida news reporter in the 70s uh put upon kind of manic depressive took her own life on air and this is actually the dramatised version of that. We had a documentary sort of recreation type film a few months back. Now we've got uh, the, the narrative version starring Rebecca Hall as uh, Christine Chubby and confusingly another Hall, Mr. Michael C, as her no sort way. of unrequited love. Uh, we have a clip of her jealousy flaring up while she's meant to be uh, doing an interview. We can't help it if we've turned this into an attractive destination for retirees and non-retirees alike. You know Florida's the place you want to be. We have sun, sand, surf, championship golf, great cuisine, culture, everything you can imagine. And everybody wants to come here right now. People are coming here from Sorry, all can we just stop for a second, Jane? Yes. Can you get Gail? I thought she was meant to get some fresh flowers. Oh, yeah, I told her to. It must have slipped her mind. It slipped her mind? Well, I can't yeah. think about anything else. Sorry, so you're going to have to... Uh, Someone get some fresh flowers. So that's Rebecca Hall there, and you know you can't uh, you can't deny that the timing of this is a little uh, a little funny actually. In one sense, that having the the documentary and this so close, together, I know it's going to be an accident, but uh, yeah, it happens. Um, right, so odd odd choice for a biopic for a drama because the story is quite limited. I mean, the story seem it literally is on paper. You look at it, you think, okay, so 
you know, she got told, you know, she got shot down at work, she got shot down in her personal life, eventually she couldn't take it anymore, she focused on the work element, she took her own life on film. And this is the stuff of, of you know, broadcasting legend, it's, it's you know, a notorious story, I'm sure you probably heard of it even before you knew her name. I did. And um, what they've managed to do quite impressively is actually ring out a full full, warm-blooded and compelling narrative out of it. It's genuinely great. I wouldn't have expected it. I went in thinking this is going to be like 20 minutes of plot and then another hour and 40 of gumph. And no, no, far from it. Uh, Rebecca Hall has literally never been better in anything. She is phenomenal in this. She's basically found this not caricature, it's a sort of, a sort of left field of the caricature. It's Somewhere between getting, she completely gets under the skin, but she has the mannerism so down as well. She has this gaunt, almost ethereal, creepy veneer going on. And it's a really, really mesmerizing, captivating, can't take your eyes off it performance. And then, of course, you've got Michael C. Hall, who is better than the material he's given, but that's only because he's sort of downplayed a little bit. He's a little bit too nice for it as well. You kind of want him to, you want 5% more sleaze. You want a little bit more Dexter. You want a little bit more... Well, no, that's the thing, actually. Yeah, Dexter had that 5% more sleaze. This guy doesn't. Um, it's also got Tracy Letts in it, and I'm a big fan of Tracy, Tracy Letts. Letts. Yeah, big fan he of him. He is good. And gets probably the best scene in the movie with uh, Rebecca Hall. Um, but... Um, Behind the camera, we've got Antonio Campos, um, just proves a really deft hand with this stuff, manages to revel in the period setting without allowing to overwhelm proceedings. I mean, you do forget sometimes it is the 70s, if it weren't for certain fashion choices, etc. But uh, Craig Shilowich, who did the, is his first screenplay, and absolutely tremendous, really, really concise, really crisp and refreshing level of writing. I really enjoyed it. I I mean, I say, say I expected nothing. But, uh, it's good to be surprised. It's nice to be surprised every now and, every now and again. Yeah, please, more like this, please. With the latest film news and reviews, this is Off Screen, the On Screen Radio Show. And we're back. So where to now, Mister? Do you want to give us a bit of news before we carry on? Um, yeah, I'll talk about a little guy by the name of Danny DeVito. No, oh, okay, close. Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> So the opposite of a little guy. Okay, go on. Yeah, I'm talking like mafia nickname kind of territory. <laughs> well, like a really big guy is called Tiny. Yeah, that's fair enough. <laughs> yeah. So, as we know, he's signed up uh, to be um, uh, Black Adam for the DCEU. Yes, he has, yes. So, okay, so it was going to pan out like this. We were going to be getting one film. We're going to get a film called Shazam, mm-hmm. and he was going to be playing the villainous character Black Adam, who is... He was being, I think he was being, he was being repurposed into sort of an anti-hero, wasn't he, as well? Sort of, thing. yeah. I because think... they've got The Rock. Yeah. yeah, and The Rock turned into Loki, I guess. I think that's what they sort of wanted. <laughs> that's what they wanted. Uh, but because he is Dwayne Johnson, mm-hmm. pretty much do whatever he wants, never sleeps, and just eats anything he wants it as well, happening. including film franchises, he's now got his own film was Black Adam. So we're going to have a Shazam film and a Black Adam film. Two separate films. I, you know, that is reason to celebrate, but I'm yeah. just going to Double Dwayne. I'm fine with that. We are talking about the studio that made Batman, Superman, and Suicide Squad, and presumably you know, presumably Wonder Woman's not really going to change that. And this is a studio so inept at their comic book work, they had Dwayne Johnson under contract for something like three years, mm. and only now are they bothering to do anything with it. Yeah, giving him his own film outright. Yeah. Can you imagine that? No. Can you imagine that there is an office somewhere in the world in which someone had to be reminded they owned Dwayne Johnson? 
I really think they just they got him before Marvel cast him as Namor. <laughs> I think that's what it was. Let's I think, get him now. <laughs> yeah, Marvel was sniffing around, and someone at D- someone at DC and Warner Brothers. Went, oh, oh, hang on, we've got him. We can have him. Ah, oh, they can't have him. It's fine. There but, we are. Uh, I I'm gonna I'm gonna bet five sterling pounds that Brett Ratner is going to be tapped to direct that. <laughs> Do you know what? I would because be surprised. They're best <laughs> I really wouldn't be surprised. Should we Should we crack on with the first half of the top ten for this week? Then why the hell not? Number ten, passengers. Uh, Do you, you see passengers in it? I can't remember. No, I no. I have much better things. To Sexy do. people in space, and you know, nice swimsuits, and video arcades, and and cinemas that show you any film you ever want to see. And um, yeah, it uh, it doesn't appeal to me. And then occasionally, despite they, loving Chris Pratt as I do, yeah. well, occasionally they do a, an action set an action set piece from the movie uh, Sunshine. But other than that, it it's. It's likable enough. It's just nowhere near as rich and complex as they think it is. The Twilight Zone morality stuff is the most interesting stuff in the film, mm. but they don't dwell on it half as much as they actually should. That should be the plot. What's going on with the ship? Far less interesting. Number nine. Assassin's Creed. I'm already bored. Yeah, me too. And uh, I, I promise you, I was even more bored than this during the movie itself. And uh, you know, Brendan Gleeson is cast in this movie for literally yeah. two lines of dialogue. Is that all? About that, yeah. I wonder how He's much of his, uh, his role scenes. was on the cutting floor. You know, I quite really wonder as well. But uh, that kind of tells you all you need to know about a movie that quite clearly only appealed to the the teenagers coming into the screen wearing the Assassin's Creed t-shirts. I don't own said t-shirts, so I couldn't uh, emotionally invest in said film. Number eight. What can I say except you're welcome? Go on, eh? <laughs> Now, this is a favourite of yours, isn't it? <clears throat> yeah, I watched it again yesterday. Um, I definitely prefer it to Frozen. You do prefer this to Frozen, but I don't like it as much as Zootopia. That, that's a, do you know what? That's, that's a fair and balanced assessment, there, yeah. Israel. I like the songs better. <laughs> I, I think it's got a better sense, sense of humour. I think there's more peril. I think it's more intriguing. I think it's more interesting. I think it looks better. It's just a better film. Tell your stupid niece to stop watching Frozen every day. Watch this, it's better. <laughs> it's not on DVD yet. <laughs> that's why the stupid it niece is watching Frozen. <laughs> So now that you've offended all the children in the land, number seven, Manchester by the Sea. <laughs> now offended the adults, case offend the adults as well. <laughs> Why would I offend them about this film? But I love so much. I know I do too. Uh, oh. This is one of our nominees, isn't it? Um, not to spoil anything. Not, not to spoil. Yes. This is the yeah, okay. Yeah. I, I don't. I, I know one category. I'm sure it's in about a, a dozen others as well. I think um, it's nominated for. Six or seven. Six. Ah, Six that's seven. pretty good. Yeah. I really love this film. I think Casey yeah. Affleck is so, so good in it. Um, I think Michelle Williams is really good in mm. it as well. Those two are uh, just phenomenal. Lucas Hedges. Yes. I think is. For someone great. so inexperienced, I thought he was great as well. Yeah. But He's, it's, it's the writing. Yeah. Writing it, in it. Actually, I don't know. I think Kenneth Lonergan is as good a writer as he is a director. I think his directing works very well in this as well. I mean, the script is amazing. Yeah. Uh, but his direction is so fitting, so perfectly gauged. Everything about it works. It, it's an all-round success for me, this film. Do you know what film he has also written? Go on. Do you remember that uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle film? No. Starring uh, no. 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 Oh, man. <laughs> Which is crazy. Well, I'm going to ruin my fun. Number six. Jackie. Now, first of all, Natalie Portman is great in this. She mm. really is. Um, yeah, we didn't get to review it last we week. We didn't get to review it last give, week. Give us, give us a brief one. A very brief one. Okay, it is effectively an over-stylized... This is what they wanted, I think, Diana to be. Right. Yeah, this is yeah. what they wanted Diana to be like. But, of course, that just became a trash perfume advert that was, you know, better belonged on the Lifetime It was channel. a trash film. It was yeah. a trash film. Yeah, I mean, starring Saeed from Lost is about the best thing about that movie. Um, this movie, though, has Natalie Portman. It has... Cl- 
classical artisanal styling to it. It has all the regency you would expect of something associated with the Kennedy dynasty, as mm. it were. It's tremendous. It's not got an awful lot going for it as a mainstream film, though. It is, however, an excellent character study, and it's a character study of someone who's just, you know, an icon of American history, as it were, albeit sort of begrudgingly in one sense. The writing of it is superb. The way they have drawn Jackie herself and how she sees her legacy, her place in the world. I mean, because the bulk of the film, largely, is funeral arrangements. That That is genuinely the yeah. plot of this film. But there's a lot of artsy lingering if you know what i mean <laughs> um having said that i really enjoyed it i wasn't bored for a single moment and i thought natalie portman was absolutely mesmerizing in it uh, is that the end of the top 10 are we, are we that's the end of top 10 should we go straight to sing let's go straight to sing then okay so you kind of missed the adverts for this one i mean they're, they're everywhere they are indeed. They're on trams, they're on buses, they're on children's faces, they're everywhere. They are. Uh, so this has got every star you've ever heard of in it. So Mr. McConaughey, uh, uh, Reese Witherspoon, Reese Witherspoon, Reese without Reese spoon. Without spoon. Um, <laughs> you know me too well to preempt my own rubbish jokes. <laughs> I do. Uh, Scarlett Johansson, uh, Seth MacFarlane, Seth MacFarlane, Nick Kroll, yeah. Uh, John C. Riley as well. Yeah. Jennifer Saunders. And Taron Egerton. Taron Egerton. Let's just go till yeah. like the halfway mark of the show. We'll just keep naming actors. Peter Serafinowicz. <laughs> we could be here all day. Uh, we could be here all day. Um, so, Edgar Wright. Is Edgar Wright as well? Sorry. Okay, so basic gist of this is basically the X Factor. It's an animated movie that's a singing contest, but all the participants are animals. So animated fun for the whole family. Um, the, each character, each contestant has their own sort of backstory and their own storyline, kind of like the X Factor in one sense. They each come with a sob story. So you've got um, a, a porcupine, for instance, Ash, who's voiced by Scarlett Johansson, whose boyfriend isn't as talented as she is, and they, they're a double act and they break up so that she can be in the uh, in the contest. You've got a put-upon pig mother, and I, I mean an actual pig a pink snouted pig mm. uh rosita voiced by reese witherspoon who's sort of a downtrodden housewife who sees this as a chance to break out you've got uh, a street mouse played by seth MacFarlane, who dresses like he's joe pesci and has all this dialogue that's so clearly meant to be for, meant to be for steve buscemi but um yeah and then you've got uh, taron egerton as uh, as a gorilla whose father has been in prison put in prison and he's trying to basically make something of his way in the world we have a clip of them all sort of assembling and consoling each other backstage, the general backstage chaos. Well, it sounds to me like you are way better off without that... That... That total super jerk dinkelsplat! Exactly. Total super jerk dinkelsplat. Rosita! Gunter! You're on... Yeah, okay, here. There should be some gum or some candy in there somewhere. Just help yourself. Rosita, Rosita, Rosita! Wait, 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 wait. Can I take your place, please? Sure, Johnny, go ahead. Okay, get ready, because I'm warning you. <laughs> this stage is about to explode with major piggy power. I am so sorry. I have no control. Oh. Yeah! <laughs> okay, come on. You can do this. I stay up too late. Got nothing in my brain. Are you okay? Oh, yes, I'm fine. Thank you. How are you? So, I love Nick Kroll yeah, so much. Nick Kroll is so great as that yeah. pig. <laughs> I saw uh, pig. Nick Kroll in New York, and it was one of the funniest things. Was that happened. the stage show you did? 
Yeah, it was in a show called Oh Hello with John uh, Mulaney. It was amazing. Well, this is one of those movies that, I mean, just from the concept I've given you, it's a very simplistic story. You know what I mean? It, it, it's it's the standard, you know, you know, uh, underdogs in a talent contest, together, which one's going to win? And you can kind of predict it all point for point, but you know what? It's not so much the destination, it's the journey, and there's fun to be had along the way. Um, Matthew McConaughey weirdly doesn't sound like Matthew McConaughey in this movie. I can't figure that yeah, one out. Strange. But um, this is the thing. Um, um, so this is Garth Jennings um, behind this one. And uh, isn't he Hammer and Tongs? Yeah, and he did uh, a Hitchhiker's, Hitchhiker's Guide. Guide to the Galaxy. Uh, I think Son of Rambo? Yes, he did. Yeah, he's the one that went... It's the first time he's done uh, an animated film. Well, this is the thing. So you've got lively vocal performances. You've got a lot of energy in there. You've got a lot of sort of musical pizzazz. You've got a really charming cast. You've got some endearing characters. And it does all come together. It does work. I saw this on a Saturday morning in a screen full of parents and kids. And good time had by all. So the adults and the kids are equal. I kind of just got into it. And for the parents, there's a lot of sort of musical humour. And for the kids, there's a lot of that sort of... That pandering gleeness about it and i mean that about the show not the human emotion but uh yeah it was a good time it feels sometimes like it flounders slightly under the weight of you know how generic a concept it's working with mm. but it does ultimately win out i mean it is overlong it's like an hour and 50 which for an animated film is a real chore but it's likable enough to work in spite of that i was happy with it i'd see it again Oh, you know, I'd rather see a version that had Steve Buscemi instead of Seth MacFarlane. But uh, yeah, but Steve Buscemi cannot sing like Seth MacFarlane. So what's your point? I'd, I'd rather he, do you know what? Get Seth MacFarlane into the singing bits. Come on, man! This ain't rocket science. It's sing with the latest film news and reviews. This is off screen. And we're back, and you know what film we got to talk about, Mister Allen? The Biggie. This has been mm. it's one of the B of the year for some people, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, pretty huge. So T two Train Spotting, which, by the way, I hate that title. Yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of it, just because when I think of T two, I think of dun, 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 dun. we yeah. literally have a Terminator two poster framed behind us. He's looking right at me. T one hundred is staring me. His in eyes, the face. his cybernetic eyes, follow you around yeah. the room. He wants my boots, my clothes, my motorcycle. So it is now twenty years, believe it or not, since Train Spotting. Yeah. Um, do you, Do you remember seeing Train Spotting for the first time? Yeah, I do, actually. Yeah. This is, it's like a seminal moment for a lot of people. And I've yeah. been having this conversation for days with friends. I was obviously far too young to see it at the cinema, but I remember seeing it at home on television on Channel 4. I was 13, I couldn't see it. I saw it on VHS about a year later. Um, so, absolutely seminal film that actually, in a weird way, came to define the 90s in a, sort of, in, in a sense. It definitely defined the 90s of British cinema. Yeah. I mean, if we're really honest, it's kind of between that and the full Monty as the two British films of... I'll tell you, Four Weddings and a Funeral. Those are the big... British films of the 90s. Within those three years, yeah. Yeah, and that was it, because these were the Britpop movies, Mm. and that was it. Mm. And do you know what? They're back. It's 20 years later. The gang are reunited when Renton returns to Scotland for... Well, actually, it's never particularly made clear. He's back for the memorial for Kevin McKidd's character from the first movie... But it's been 20 years, so why he's not been back in the intervening time, other than the fact that he stole all their money. Okay, so in the meanwhile, you've got the other characters. So Begbie is in prison and escapes. You've got Sick Boy. (laughs) Amazing. Yeah, (laughs) Sick Boy, who's running a sort of brothel con job. 
and is a sort of prostitution yeah. pimps uh, con job sort of a scam and he's a blackmailing scheme and he's looking to set up his own brothel and then you've got what about spud and then you've got spud who is now a sort of divorced parent he's an absentee dad mm. desperately trying to claw his way back into his life spud was always my favorite exactly but his addiction of course is stopping him we have a clip of his reunion with rent boy as begbie keeps calling him can't fail again mark and you know, i need to Detox the system. Oh, Spud, detox the system. What does that even mean? It doesn't mean anything. It's not getting it out of your body that's the problem. It's getting it out of your mind. You are an addict. I think I haven't heard that a hundred thousand times, Mark. You've got 12 more steps for me, comedy. So, be addicted. Be addicted to something else. Like you're running until I feel sick? Yes. Or something else. You've got to channel it. You've got to control it. People try all sorts. Some people do boxing. Boxing? Well... It's just an example. I don't. I don't mean you should. So what did you channel into? Getting away. So it is trying to be poignant, and it is that it's you know that old Thomas Wolfe quote that you can never go home again. Mm. There's a lot of that sentiment going through it. Now there are a lot of reasons why train spot why T two is not as good as train spotting. However, they are almost instantly eclipsed by the notion that those reasons are kind of intentional. There is this feeling all through the film of, we are now at middle age. We are embracing how depressing the reality of middle age is. And you think, okay, maybe that's why this doesn't quite have the anarchic whiz and fun of the first movie. That's fine. That kind of makes sense to a degree. You think, okay, I'm on board with that. There is also this underlying problem, which is it really wants to dine out on its nostalgia. But it's been 20 years. Danny Boyle is not the same filmmaker he was 20 years ago. He knows what he's doing now. So, you know, once you've directed Steve Jobs, slumming it is a bit difficult as I'm sure you could probably imagine. Oh, Slumdog Millionaire. <laughs> exactly. Even Slumdog Millionaire looked more glamorous than trying to party. So when you get back to the grimy the grimy Edinburgh Flats and places like that, it, it all looks a bit, a bit more polished than it used to. But again, it's kind of excusable because a large chunk of the film has this underlying subtext about the gentrification of Scotland. So you think, okay, again, it kind of works. Then you've got... There's loads of these little little niggling issues in there. No one seems particularly sort of enthused to be back. And you think, for a reunion movie, it's surprisingly joyless. It feels like Dad Rock, if you can imagine something. It feels like the Dad Rock version of Trainspotting, but it's kind of meant to, if you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah it's, it's like your 40-year-old dad saying, oh, I'm meeting with my old college band. And then he plays, and you're like, you know, I'm sure you sounded great in the 70s, but not so much now. That is T2 Trainspotting. It is Dad Rock the movie, but you can't really fault it for that because it's quite clearly meant to be Dad Rock the movie. And maybe it's an age thing, maybe it's just not as fun as the first one. Did you have high hopes for this? I can't remember. Um, well, yeah, I like, love the first one, <laughs> but I don't, have, I don't have crazy high hopes because... I mean, you know, it's Trump's world. And just, <laughs> I just try not to have expectations anymore. Is that, your, is that your Trump policy now? Just have low expectations? Have low expectations, you'll never be disappointed. Exactly. Well, Case Alan. the weird thing with this one is there's a lot of remixing in there. So you get a Lust for Life remix by The Prodigy, for instance, and you can think, okay, they're going to take it up a notch. But they, they don't really, and it doesn't really feel the same and... It's just one of those. I kind of just because sequel, not everything needs to be like amped up. 
not amped up. It just doesn't feel as coherent. It doesn't have the flow. It doesn't have that madcap sort of carefree, happy-go-lucky energy that made Train Spotting what it was. And I liked that about it. Okay. I mean, I know, I know. Obviously, the whole crux of Train Spotting is the heroine it being a downer. So you complain about it not being as coherent and yet not as madcap. The coherent and madcap, they can work. Those okay. two can work in tandem. And train spotting is proof of that. Okay, if you are a fanatic of train spotting, go and see T2. You will probably enjoy it. If you I'm, have, I'm going to. If I'm you have to. never seen train spotting, avoid this like the play because it's not going to make a lick of sense. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and also it is nice to get. Uh, who was the schoolgirl in the first movie? Oh, uh, Kelly McDonald. Kelly McDonald. It's yeah, nice to great. see her, but it's always nice to see her back, especially after Black Mirror. But uh, so, um, give me some news then before we finish the top ten. Give some news. Uh, Neil Blomkamp, he said that the chances of Alien 5, so the film that he was supposed to be making, his addition to the franchise... This is the one he had to pretty delay. Pretty slim, yeah. Oh. He had to delay it because uh, Ridley Scott wanted to come back. And uh, <laughs> we're all looking forward to that, that's fair enough. But, um, yeah, I, I really want to see a Neil Blomkamp I Alien. did, yeah. I really want to see... And at some point we may, but I guess it depends on how successful <sighs> Alien Covenant is. Please don't drag this out until one of the main cast members dies, because that's how this always happens. I know. And this is going to be Ghostbusters all over again. And then, of course, they'll change all the cast for someone of the opposite gender and everyone will get annoyed. <laughs> but and will be a man and then Trump will say it's the best casting ever. Yeah, and, yeah. Sad! Exclamation mark. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yes, yeah, so Alien 5. Make it happen. Come on, Neil. You're better than that. So, uh, what's we got next? Oh, top ten. We've got to finish the top ten for the week. Let's do it. Number five. Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Which I'm still a fan of. I'm, I'm sad to see it slip down this far in the top ten, actually. It's been six weeks, and it's still I'm number five. I'm fine, because over weekend, it crossed a billion dollars. It did, didn't so it? He's finally done it. Well done, Star Wars. You know what? You've Part earned club. it. Fantastic film. Number four. Lion. Which I loved. I yeah. really, really loved this. You ain't lying. <laughs> really? <laughs> 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 yes. By the way, did you get? Did you see the link? I sent you the link for the Shiznit's honest Oscar posters. I did. And I the, re- yeah. The one for the one for Lion good? is the alternative title for Lion is Slumdog Got Hot. And uh, do you know what? <laughs> Actually, I think there'd be a fair few women that would look at this film and say, "Yeah, Slumdog Got Hot," because he is kind of he's a lot buff. Yeah, Australian like, guy now. Uh, um, uh, Dev Patel, Rooney Mara. Oh, wait, is that Dev Patel? <laughs> Damn. <laughs> But he's tremendous in this. Um, yeah. I mean, he's been a, he's been an underrated actor for years, and he's finally getting his due. I am we'll, I'm really glad we'll he's finally got some time in there. Um, what's the weird franchise he has? Is it Best Exotic Marigold? Is that is. Yeah, I like him in those. That's just an oddball franchise to have. But even in those, Dev Patel is great. And you know what, Lion, he's tremendous. Uh, I really like Nicole Kidman in there. Uh, really like Rooney Mara. But it's all about Dev Patel. He is. Great in it. Number three. Triple X, return of Xander Cage in IMAX Triple X 3D. I want to point out that according to the BFI's official official listing for the box office top ten, it is the return of Xander Cage. However, the film's title... I mean, it, they didn't put much effort into yeah. details for films, so I'm not going to put much effort into no, my, saying my the point title, is, right? the title doesn't have the word the in it, so if they're not going to do it, we're not going to do it. <laughs> You know what? It's like if Sony want to keep saying at cinemas Friday 23rd and not in cinemas Friday 23rd, then you know what? Let's just go with it. I don't care that it sounds deranged. Triple X is uh, complete garbage. It really is. Is it enjoyable garbage? But it's it's 
passably enjoyable garbage. By default, it's the best of this trilogy. It has all of its biggest twist reveal in its marketing. Its stunt sequences become ridiculous to the point of borderline insanity. Its plot contradicts itself about every nine seconds. The first half of its story is utterly superfluous to the second half and frankly its its franchise mythology is so muddled at this point that it's basically mud because i'm sorry you'll never convince me the whole reason we had triple x2 without vin diesel was because he basically wanted a weekend off it's not happening and unfortunately the film doesn't really achieve much other than making tony jar look pretty cool and worthy of his own sort of spin-off, which, let's be honest, would be an awful lot better than whatever the hell they're cooking up Triple X for. Number two. Split. Split. Have you uh, heard any uh, unfortunate rumours surrounding Split? Because they have inadvertently given away the big twist on this one. Uh, no, I, uh, I've i been able to uh, not do okay. anything. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm hopefully going to see it ASAP, because right. I don't want it to be spoiled for me. But the thing is, though, it's quite there is an unrela- a seemingly unrelated piece of film news that if you look into it for five seconds, just gives you the ending of Split. Uh, which is wrong. It shouldn't be done. We didn't do it in the review. I was very careful not to. Uh, but it's out there. And they're not making much of a secret about it, which is very annoying. Um, Split has great performances. It doesn't have much in the way of a good script, although it is surprisingly well shot. It's Shyamalan and his academic best. He's gotten some grime from the whole Blumhouse side of it. It works. That final 30 seconds will either make or break the film for you, and that's an individual judgment call, really. Number one. La La Land. (laughs) Take it away, Mr. Allen, please, by all means. Yeah, it's pretty good, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) I think we can all agree we loved La La Land It was great, fun was had Tears were shed, blood was spilt (laughs) Dancers were danced (laughs) Dancers were were, were danced (laughs) Dancers were danced Yeah, jazz hands were were shaken Uh, Right, so I have now seen What is arguably the top three Of the Oscar film So I've now seen La La Land, I've now seen Moonlight And I've seen Manchester by Yes you have, yeah So um, it's weird, they're all so different from themselves that's, that's what you want that is what you yeah. want but yeah I'd, I'd say that i eat, i like them all equally would you say yeah. though that and i i'm I think but, but this, is, this is gonna win that's it <laughs> would you yeah. say though la la land is the perfect uh perfect movie for the time in which it was released for that specific week yeah i think released. i think we needed it <laughs> i think that if that's the last hurrah of the good period then. Yeah, um, we needed uh, two hours and 20 minutes of just, like, escapism. That's and, it. And, that, it. and it was fine, yeah. And that's what La La Land is. It is grand escapism. Yeah. And, you know, I'm I'm happy to write that off as that, to be honest. I really loved it. I know not everyone's going to, it being a musical and all, but it's not a musical musical. It's, you know, a, a musically-themed drama. Well, it that is. Has it is some... still a musical, just because it's got eight songs. It's still a mu- It's got overtures. I mean, it can stuff. go 15 minutes without a musical number. I mean, that's that's not like yeah, a musical well, either. I'm not going to get into musical history, because I could easily fine, do it. Fine, fine. You know, you know what? We'll leave it there. With the latest film news and reviews, this is Offscreen, the on-screen radio show. And we're back and dancing. So, Mr. Allen, shall we venture to the ridge? The Hacksaw Ridge. The Hacksaw Ridge, indeed. Mr. Mel Gibson is back, but not Mr. Mel Gibson, director Mel Gibson. Has he, he's not written Same this. Guy. He's not written this, has he? Uh, no. No. Um, so this is uh, this is based on the true story of Desmond Doss, who, I've got to confess, by the way, when I heard this, this plot you know, a year or so ago as being Mel Gibson's next directorial thing, I did think this sounds awful. 
I am going to eat those words very shortly, but this is the story of Desmond Doss, who was the first conscientious objector, the first pacifist to win the Medal of Honor for his for, uh, for acts of bravery in, in, in wartime. Um, he's played here by Andrew Garfield. He is he's the younger of two brothers, isn't he? He's the younger of two surviving brothers. The older one goes off to war. He then discovers his his sort of belief in pacifism and nonviolence, and decides he owes his he owes himself to the war effort as well. He leaves his uh, his fiance behind goes off to war where his, his basically his unwillingness to pick up even pick up a gun soon creates conflict within his unit within the, within the men he is required to serve with all of whom are going to be forced to rely on him sooner rather than later uh, we have a clip of them discovering his non-violent proclivities this is a personal gift from the united states government to each and every one of you a standard issue u.s right this is to be your lover perhaps the only thing in life you'll ever truly love. Fellas, let's dance. Grab a girl. Place the weapon by your side. Problem, Private Cornstalk. Is there not one in your size? Or is it the color that is the issue? No, sorry. I was, I was told I don't have to carry a weapon. Come again, step forward, Private. I can't be hearing this right. Well, I'm sorry, Sergeant. I can't touch a gun. Right, let's be honest, Case. Did you ever think you would like Vince Vaughn in a movie as much as you do in this? Uh, not since uh, Swingers. No. <laughs> not since Swingers. Uh, old <laughs> school for time. me. Not since yeah. old school for me. Um, so, Andrew Garfield, amazing. Sam Worthington, really good. And most shockingly of all, as you pointed out to me, Luke Bracey is actually good in this. Mm. Who I didn't recognise, because last time I saw him was in uh, The Point Break remake. Yes. With which, long hair, and here yeah. he's, obviously, he's got and a buzz he, cut. Yeah, he was awful in there. But uh, but the most important thing, we mustn't forget this, is that Mel Gibson is back, and he's directed an amazing movie. Yes! Yes! Oh, yeah! Can you feel that, buddy? Huh? 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 I have... Exercise the demons. This house is clear. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, Bob Gibson's back. He's back as a director. He's directed something absolutely amazing. Fair play to him. It's good to have you back, Mel. It's bold. It's aggressive. It is just ruthless, carnage-filled mayhem at times. Mm. It is the closest thing I have seen to getting to the level of Saving Private Ryan. And yet, at the same time, this is actually more coherent in its action scenes, although that's obviously a deliberate choice between directors, because I think Spielberg wanted to go for the mayhem of it. He wants to go for... Yeah, there's no, yeah. like, ringing in your ears, no. like, in Saving Private Ryan. But this is really something. I mean, it really shines. Yeah. You see a lot of limbs, don't you? A lot of limbs, a lot of exposed heads. But yeah. that's it. It is soulful and wow. en- energetic at the same time. I thought it was a tremendous film. I really, I really, really enjoyed loved it. it. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm, I'm on board for whatever anyone in this film is doing next. I actually want to see Sam Worthington in a film now. How, how amazing is that? Did you ever think you'd ever be excited to see what Sam? I don't Worthington know. I've never, like? I've never disliked Sam Worthington. I've never disliked but him. I can see his naffness. I think of Sam Worthington the same way I think of coat hangers. No one wants coat hangers. No one knows where coat hangers come from. You just open your wardrobe and coat hangers are there that is sam worthington in films okay <laughs> that is it so when you go you go to mark suspenses you buy a jacket someone just gives you a sam worthington <laughs> exactly how i've already got 20 of these i don't need <laughs> exactly how it works so um film of the week then this is gonna be a difficult one yeah so um i mean denial or hacksaw ridge i mean I i've, I've seen hacksaw ridge 
to I'll say Hacksaw Ridge. Do you know what? I'll go for Hacksaw Ridge because you've seen it. We can agree on a film of the week for a change. Uh, Denial, though, really, really worth seeing. So next week's got some interesting stuff. What have you got for me next week? Well, because we need another. We need some more Oscar bait. You see, we've run out of Oscar bait for the week. <laughs> Tis the season. <laughs> Tis the season and all that. So next week, real limited week. We've got Loving with Joel Edgerton and yeah. Ruth, Ruth Negger. Negger. Yeah, and we've Jack got Nichols uh, Jeff Nichols one. Uh, we've got uh, Gold with Matthew McConaughey. Who else is in that, by the way? Uh, Edgar Ramirez ah. and Bryce Dallas Howard. Oh, I'm, I'm on board. Uh, we've got Resident Evil: The Final Chapter. Not so Oscar bait. Not Oscar <laughs> so bait. They're promising it's the final chapter. I will believe it when I see it. Um, we have, of course, also got Tony Erdman, which is—is is this a German yeah. comedy? Yeah, that is uh, Germany's entry for best foreign language. Okay, and when we get to the podcast extras, you can tell me if that actually made it to the nominations, by the way. We can go through the full Oscar run-up in the podcast extras, so go on, find the uh, podcast edition on iTunes, Acast, Deezer, etc., and you can hear all of our uh, predictions, well, Case's predictions, really, because he's very good at picking them. So, yes, we've got all those to come and more next week off-screen. In the meanwhile, this has been a Kelly Store production for On Screen. I've been Van Connor. I've been, as always, Case Allen. And we'll be back next week. Just show me the way to get out of here, and I'll be on my way. You've been listening to Offscreen. For more news and reviews, visit onscreenfilm.com. Okay, Podcast extras, then, Mr. Gunner. You've been looking forward to this, haven't you? Yeah, so Oscar Nomination Day is kind of like my Christmas and my Hanukkah can we, just, can we just preface this by saying that time. although I know some of the nominees, yes. I was in screenings, it literally got announced as I was going into the afternoon. Yeah, I, I was watching the thing, you were watching yeah. films, yeah. Um, so I was watching The White King as the nominations were coming out. So I don't know the complete list. You have told me some, I've caught some in passing, but I'm otherwise, I'm a blank slate. I know some things and I know I don't know others. This so is very exciting. You are going to now impart upon me. I get to be Cheryl Boone Isaacs, the Academy president. <laughs> Okay, it's more amazing to me that you know that name, but I okay. know. <laughs> Why do I know that? Why? <laughs> because you were unloved as a child? Or? Possibly. <laughs> so go on then. Give me give me some Oscar categories to, to, to enjoy. Should we save Best Picture for last? Best Picture for last, go on. Okay, then. Should we um, just go with the acting and the directing, the writing, and, and, and yeah. Okay, let's let's do let's do actors. Let's do actors and let me find them now. <laughs> <laughs> we should have thought of this ahead of time, shouldn't we? I had them, but I've just, I just lost them. Right, okay. Let's do uh, Best Actress in a Supporting Role. Okay. Who you okay. got for me? Octavia Spencer. For Hidden Fences? For Hidden Fences. Okay. Yeah. I'm making sure I didn't say, I'm making sure I didn't say uh, Hidden Figures. I wanted to get, I wanted to get that the Michael Keaton way. You want to get, yeah. yeah. It wasn't just him, it was a reporter, but also it said was, it. yeah. And if, because I love Michael Keaton so much, I feel like he, we must have heard somebody well, say Well, like that we said last internet. week, he should know. He should know better about the Corma Award shows. Uh, Nicole Kidman for Lion. Yes. Mm. Called it. you'd be happy with that. Yeah, very uh, happy. Viola Davis for Fences. I feel like... <laughs> Figures. <laughs> <laughs> Figures. Uh, yeah, I feel, I feel like that is... So that's, wait a minute. That's, that's safe, so though, hang on, it? hang on. So you mean to tell me that three years later, yeah. both of the actresses from, from the, the Help are both up for Oscars again? Yes, that's and fantastic. And Octavia Spencer won last time. She did, yes. Yeah, Vela Davis has never won. Uh, Michelle Williams for Manchester by the Sea, totally deserving, absolutely. And Naomi Harris for Moonlight. Ah, I've not had the pleasure yet, but I hear she very, very good things. Incredible, <laughs> a lot of diversity in that list. That's that's this is just this year. I mean, that is that's the most diverse category 
there's three three ladies of colour. Right, that's interesting. Which is fantastic. It's really, really cool. Okay, go on. Moving on to the gents. Best actor in a supporting role. Okay. You're going to love this. Okay, go, go. Lucas Hedges. Really? Much to Babsy. Wow. Which I called. I called oh, that. Okay. That. Do you know what? I'm, I'm, I'll am I'm. go with yeah. that. Yeah. In fact, I think you're going to love most of these apart okay. from the actresses. Um, Dev Patel for Lion. Oh, uh, hang on. Did you say supporting? Yeah, I know. Wait, wait, how Interesting. Is, how Interesting. is he's the lead? He's the lead. Yeah. How is he? Is it's, this is this the Martian being a musical or comedy again? No, no. Shut up with that. That was last year, and it's funnier <laughs> than Joy. It's the last time I'm going to say that because now the first time this year are funnier than Joy. <laughs> um, uh, Viola Davis is leading fences, but she's being put through as supporting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we just it's, okay. it's it's a strategy. It's a strategy Fine. because it's not Fine. as crowded. Fine. Okay. So yeah, Death Patel for Lion. That's good news for him. Jeff Bridges. For Hella High Water? Hella High Water. Okay. That is your first clue of how, how well that film was done. I did hear it came up a couple of times, yeah. yeah. Uh, Mahershala Ali, of course. For, uh, for supporting. For supporting. Okay, I like Mahershala Ali, I do. You say Mahershala, I always say Mahershala. Uh, Mahershala. Oh, okay, I think, I think according to The Daily Show, you're right and I'm wrong, okay. so... Yeah. Well, he was on... He was on Colbert? He was either on Colbert or Jimmy Kimmel, and they like broke down how to say his name, uh, and he said Mahershala. Mahershala, Cause okay. Because he, he says that his friends call him Herschel, <laughs> but nobody else does. Nobody else allowed. And rounding out this, yep. from Nocturnal Animals... Go on. Michael Shannon. Oh my God, yes, <laughs> yes. yes. Right, hold on, hold on, we've got to use the clip again. Yes! Yes! Oh, yeah! Absolutely deserved, Mr. Shannon. Pretty well good. Pretty played, great. sir. It's wow. interesting, isn't it? Because... BAFTA and Golden Globes but went for uh, for Alan Taylor Johnson. I know Michael it's Shannon, weird, though. Yeah, but you know, let's we do live in the world in which the critic circle gave all those nominations to love and friendship. Let's not pretend there's not a whole one hand washes the other system. Going uh, on. Let's move on to director. Then. Okay, so Damien Chazelle, of course. Oh, of course. <laughs> Actually, I'll stick with that for a second. Do you know how many nominations La Land have got? Did I hear 14? 14. So they've tied Isn't that the where most... Titanic? Titanic and All About Eve. Wow. Mad. And I only know Madness. that because every copy of Titanic I've ever owned has that emblazoned across the front cover. <laughs> um, Barry Jenkins for Moonlight. Um, not unexpected. It's really, no. really solid. Really good. Yeah. Um, if he wins, he'll be uh, the first ever uh, black director to win. Really? American. I did not know that, actually. There we are. Okay. Uh, Kenneth Loggerman. Sorry, Lonigan. 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 I've been calling him Lonigan. 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 I've, I've said Lonigan. Okay. But yes, right. from, uh, from Manchester Bible Sea. He's also up uh, for uh, screenplay, but I'll get to those later on. After fair news, fair news. Mel Gibson. Oh, nice. So that's, that's his official welcome back to the party, pal. It, it is a bit, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So basically, we are now to treat Mel Gibson as we did in the, in the 90s. Yeah, we, we, are, we are we are back in 1995 now. Thank God, did he, he did win the director the directing Oscar for, for Braveheart, didn't he? Uh, and also Best Picture because he was up as a producer. Yes. Welcome back, Mel. Called a Kevin Costner. You know. Yeah. And rounding up about five. Go on. Who you got for me? Denis Villeneuve. Oh Denis. yes. <laughs> Denis Denis. That is. I'm so happy with that. Five. <laughs> I am as well. Oh yeah. man, that's so good. I'm so glad. Okay. So hang on. So. You mean no. to tell me there is a good chance the next trailer for Blade Runner 2049 could include the words from Oscar-winning director Denis Villeneuve? Yeah. That's awesome. Isn't that great? That is brilliant. But just for years, yeah. all of his films have just been like, great, On great, point, great, on great. point, on point, boom. Yeah. He gets this and now he's like broken out and now he's got Blade <laughs> Runner. Just That's fantastic. fantastic. It's just it's what you want to see in Hollywood. 
Right, actress. So I, I, sent, I sent you these, but I'll talk about them again. Oh, you sent me them, but there was someone missing. Okay, go, just go through them. Go through. Yeah, and then I'm going to I'm going to talk about that because I think that's a bit of a glaring omission. So um, uh, Natalie Portman for Jackie. Jackie, I, I, can, I can absolutely understand yeah. that. Uh, Isabel Huppert for Elle. Ah, so, not, not had the pleasure. Is looking forward to it. A lot of people haven't had the pleasure, but she won the Golden Globe, and mm. this is like the first year for a while where the Golden Globes can actually have some traction with the Oscars because Oscar voting did not close until after the Globes. Huh. Which that never is happens. Interesting. Because usually the Globes has got no impact. Yeah. On the Oscars, but now it is wide open. Uh, Ruth Negger for Loving. Yes, this is the. Did you say Very she was cool. in a mission or something? No, I'll, I'll get to that in a second. Okay, go on. Uh, next one uh, is Emma Stone for La La La. La, 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 La of course. Of course. And rounding out for the 20th nomination, uh, no. Donald, uh, Donald Trump's favourite actress, no. Meryl Streep for Florence Foster, Foster Jenkins. Uh, uh, and you tell me if that is a. Better performance than Amy Adams in Arrival. It's not in the slightest, in no way, shape, form, or molecular concept of human perception. But this brings me back better than Amy Adams back to the Golden Globes. Okay, because Meryl Streep's profile was raised by the Golden Globes by by the anti-Trump speech, which is that on the Academy website. Because I checked it straight after watching the live stream of all the nominations, Uh, Amy Adams was actually down as being a nominee. (laughs) They'd not altered it. And Ruth Negger wasn't there. Okay. Because I sent you a picture. You and did, I was like, yeah. I what? <laughs> I couldn't figure out why you were so riled up, but now I, now I understand. That's it, yeah. Um, the Academy Award for Best Actor. Who are our nominees then, Mr. Elm? Viggo Mortensen. Captain Fantastic. Yeah, which I saw yesterday. Yeah. Have you seen it? Uh, I've not had the pleasure. I think you should check it out. Yeah. He is, he's definitely deserving of it for that performance. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, it's it's, really it just good. seems like a film that... Came out quietly, went away. Yeah, didn't really have a wide release. No, and then no one talked about it in the time between then and now. And it's a but very... people have been talking about his performance. Yeah, he's very curious. Really yeah, I have noticed that as well. Yeah. His performance is the one thing everyone seems to That's seems it. to have taken away from it. Absolutely, uh, Casey Affleck. <laughs> give him the award. Just give I him mean, the award. Just, yeah. just give him the award. I think. Yeah, uh, word is it's between him and uh, the next one, uh, Denzel. Oh, don't even have to say his full name, do I? Just, no, just Denzel. Now, this is the thing, because you know what you're getting with Denzel. This is the thing. Even when Denzel decides to go into full drama, you know what you're getting. Yeah, he's, he's already got to. Yeah, Casey Affleck, he blindsides you. He, he comes out of left field, hits you across the face. He's... There was a point in Manchester by the sea where I felt like I couldn't breathe. I think I know the exact point yeah. as well. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to die. <laughs> oh. uh, Ryan Gosling, for La La Land. Uh, okay. He's, he's great in it. No, no, he's fantastic in it. It's just... It's a bit obvious, isn't it? You know. Moving on. <laughs> okay. The last one, Andrew Garfield. For Hacksaw Ridge. Yeah. Not Silence. Uh, <laughs> it's interesting, nah, isn't know. it? D- did you think he was better in Silence? Well, I've not seen Silence oh, okay. yet, because I've, n- I've not had three hours to spare. No, it's about four days. It's about four <laughs> it's about days. Four days long. <laughs> this is the thing. I think there's a genuine academic argument to be had as to whether or not Andrew Garfield delivers a better performance in Silence mm. or Hacksaw Ridge. And I think, if, if you're ever going to really... If, to, to, to really simplify it and break that down, yeah. I think it does come down to whose film he's doing. And when it's the Mel Gibson one, it's more about that one character. When it's the Martin Scorsese one, it's, it's more about, about the theology and the story. And so, yeah, I think... Yeah. I mean, I think he's better in silence, but I think he has more to do in Axel Ridge. Okay, I'll do the best pictures, we'll do some reviews, and then I'll get to some other ones later Okay, on okay, well. cool. Okay, so there are nine 
films nominated. For Best Picture. Mm. Didn't they open this up a couple of years ago so that they could have more? Yeah, it was in 2012, so it went from five... It, it could be up to ten. Okay, fair enough. Uh, but we've never had ten. <laughs> we've had... We've had uh, well, it'll be now we've had three years with three, and I think two or three with... No, that's never wrong. It's yeah. been an odd. You know what I'm saying. Years. It's been, it's, it's been, it's been nine for some, and then eight for other years. But we never had ten. So anyway, uh, La La Land, obviously. Uh, obviously, yeah. Arrival. <sighs> it just it needs it, doesn't it? it uh, does. Lion. Ooh, I don't know. Lion's pretty <laughs> good. Uh, Fences. I've not had the pleasure. I've not, but that'll be. Uh, up there soon. Uh, Hella High Water is nominated for Best Picture. Ooh. How good is that? I, do you know what I feel like with Hella High Water? I feel like Hella High Water is this sort of comeuppance for having neglected Sicario. Off Taylor Sheridan, yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like they the Academy feels bad for not really acknowledging Sicario. <laughs> so that's why Dinny is also nominated. <laughs> so this year it's like, right, get the director, whatever he's doing now, and is the writer doing anything else? Bring him in. Let's just yeah. do this. Let's do this. And then next year, Amy Adams is going to be nominated for making a cup of coffee. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. How? How? I know. This let, year? Let, let, me, let, let me finish this, and then we'll rant about that. Rant about um, so after Hell High Water, uh, Hidden Figures... Hidden fences. Okay. Hidden fences. Hidden fences. Yeah. Uh, Moonlight. Yeah. Okay. I've not. Yeah. Had, I've not seen it. I, I hear amazing um, things. Yeah. It, uh, from from me. Is Travante Rhodes the lead in that? By the way. Uh. Well. Yes. Okay. Because. Do you do you know the, the basic setup? It's a it? generational. It's an aging thing, isn't it? Is yeah. It so so he yeah. Pl- he plays the last iteration. Okay, of the right. uh, lead character. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Hacksaw Ridge. Best picture. And Manchester by the Sea. Well, I mean, uh, the thing is, you know, in times gone by, in years gone by, I would have said, hands down, that's Manchester by the Sea. That's the kind of film the Academy loves. But, I mean, if we... It's very quiet, isn't it? If we're really honest, I can see that being Manchester by the Sea as much as I can see it being La La Land. Mm. Like I've Uh, said, the top three mm. on everyone's lips are Moonlight, Manchester by the Sea and La La Land. They're kind of like your your gold, silver and bronze. Yeah, I can sort of see that, to be honest. uh, So go on then, what are your your, your gam... What are you going to be... Picking for your bettings, La La Land your best picture. Yeah, yeah. What about you? I, I almost don't want to say it out loud because I don't want it not to be true. Go on. Right, Casey Affleck for best, yep. best actor. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say Emma Stone for actress. Really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. And I, I don't know. I'm going to. Uh, I am. I'm going to say Emma Stone. If she's upset, I'm going to say it's Isabel Huber. Really? Yeah. Okay. And it's going to be like a. Huh? Kind of a <laughs> who is this? Who is this lady Roberto Benini type? <laughs> it's going to be like that moment when Benini won uh, in '98. Yeah, and he just yeah. goes over all the chairs. Yeah, um, exactly. I would like it to be Barry Jenkins for director. I think it'll be Damien Chazelle, but I'd be fine with either. It's it's one of us too. Mahershala mm-hmm. um, Ali for supporting. Is that because you think it or because you want it? I think it and I want it. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, and he's had he's had the most talk of the five. That's fair. I mean, you and I were saying before the show that he, he's basically, he's kind of like J.K. Simmons in that he's been around for years, he's always been great, mm. and now all of a sudden they've noticed he's him. He's got traction. Yeah, yeah, he's got traction all of a sudden, yeah. and fair play to him, I mean, he's, he deserves it. Uh, and for sporting actress, uh, uh, Viola Davis, because it's like as close to a lock as you can possibly get. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. I shall go with your pickings on that one. Um, so, should we talk about Camera Person real quick? Okay. Okay, so Camera Person, which is um, a documentary. Uh, not a documentary. It's sort of biographical documentary, as it were, by um, cinematographer uh, uh, Kirsten Kristen uh, Johnston. 
And she has been the camera person on some absolutely huge films, like Fahrenheit 9-11 and things like that. And what she's done now, and she introduces the film with this, this sort of text legend in which she explains it all. She's been a camera person for decades. In all her years, she's photographed some amazing things. She wants to basically produce her memoirs through unused pieces of her work. So what you effectively get is a clips reel. <laughs> and yeah, and these clips reel are meant to this clips reel is sort of meant to represent kind of her philosophy and the world in general. It's meant to be your look at, you know, life, the universe and everything. We we have a clip involving a French philosopher crossing a street and her filming him, which I think kind of sets the tone about as well as you can for this. My theory is that Americans exist to the degree that they're being filmed or believe themselves to be filmed. Yeah, so this is the natural condition. You see how Americanized I am now. <laughs> Careful. <laughs> she, she sees everything around me, but she's totally blind. That's the image of the philosopher who falls in the well, you say? Yes. While looking at, at the star. <laughs> now, that, uh, that clip having absolutely nothing of real substance for it is almost a deliberate choice, and it kind of encapsulates everything there is about this film. Um, there's a lot of great imagery in there, and, uh, there's, and it's the natural wonder of the world kind of thing. The problem is the film itself doesn't seem to say an awful lot. It doesn't really put across her personality, her outlook, or anything like that, it does just feel disparate and unconnected and dishevelled. It just feels like a hodgepodge of, eh, here's some deleted scenes, and they're not all from the same movie, so we'll confuse you even more. And... I found that kind of a shame. I was really interested. I mean, I'll be honest. I went into it thinking, oh, is this actually going to be a documentary about the life of a camera person, what that entails? That would be interesting to me. Imagine being the voyeur all the time. And, yeah, and the film instead, with its personal angle, just feels like art with a capital F. It it just, you know... I really, I felt like I'd wasted my time sitting through it. I mean, you've got the results. Is this up for best documentary by any chance? Because it has that feel. I don't believe so. No, it's not. Oh, thank God. Do you want me to say what it is quickly? Do you know what? You might as well. Go on. Please. Uh, Fire at Sea. Mm. Um, I Am Not Your Negro. Okay, I've not seen that one yet. Life Animated. Yes. Because there was a bit of a question mark whether that was actually going to be there. Um, OJ Made in America. Wow. Which I am going to see. It is also seven hours long. (laughs) There is that. Yeah, worth it, though. Yeah. And uh, 13th, which is on Netflix. Oh, the Ava 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 Devine. Yeah. Ava Devani one. By the way, interesting thing I found out about yes. the about the Oscars. Mm. Um, with Manchester by the Sea, yes. Amazon have become the first streaming service to get a Best Picture nomination. Yeah, I'll take that they Netflix. They beat Netflix! I know. Do you know what? I bet they had a cake and everything for that. We finally beat Netflix. I think it, it was helped by the film actually having a theatrical release. Yeah, there was that. So yeah. maybe Netflix will change the strategy sometimes. This is the weird thing. So many movies have been theatrical with Amazon Studios yeah. logo front and centre. Uh, uh, Beast of No Nation. Yeah. That could have been up there, but... Oh, it really could have. Yeah. But I think Netflix might need to swallow their pride at some point on that one. Yeah. Just, just release a movie theatrically for a fortnight. Just do it for a fortnight. <laughs> just do it like the like the OJ one. Just have it in a couple of cinemas, just yeah. so it'll qualify. Exactly. But uh, sorry, um, no, I mean I didn't rate camera person at all. It's just, mm. oh, I just, I just started thinking, why am I watching this? <laughs> I could be doing anything else. Like <laughs> I could be reorganising my shoes. But uh, no, never mind. So yeah, how was a letdown? 
I mean, White King's worse, admittedly, but... Uh, you know. Spoiler. <laughs> Spoiler for that one. Go on, give, me, give me another category. Who's our best song this year? Best song? Mm-hmm. We've got two from La La Land. Really? Which ones? Um, or di- I mean, you're not, you're not going to know, are you? So I, I might. I might. Try me. You don't uh, know. <laughs> um, audition. Okay. Which one's that? Sing it. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, not going to pretend. And uh, uh, City of Stars, which probably will win, because that's like the big theme. Oh, okay, fine. Uh, can't Stop the Feeling from Trolls. <laughs> so, <laughs> really? Justin Timberlake is an Oscar nominee. Fair enough. Do you know what? what I've time to be alive. Hey, hey, come on. We, 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 let's not forget the star of The Hangover is an Oscar nominee. I mean, yeah. Mm. He's a four-time Oscar nominee. Four-time Oscar nominee. As an actor and a producer. I mean, really. I so go on. So, uh, you know, Trolls, what else? Trolls. Uh, Half Hour I'll Go from Moana. Oh, I like that one. So later. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Yeah, I listen to that in the shower sometimes. I'm not going to lie. Gets me up in the morning. Yeah. Like, I, yes. Well, I only have two songs from the Moana Motivated. soundtrack on my phone, and it's the How Far I'll Go and You're Welcome. Why is Shiny not on there? <laughs> Shiny is the best. I'm not as obsessed with that song as you are. It's Jermaine Clement voicing a crab as David Bowie. <laughs> I don't need to say that again. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. And finally, from Jim, the James Foley story, The Empty Chair by Sting. Oh, I didn't get to see that one. Yeah, because nobody got to see that one. They press show, they press screened it on a Friday, which means, yeah, nobody saw it. <laughs> yeah, that, that was one of those nominations when people were like, huh? Uh, yeah. Like, did you not see Sing Street? <laughs> Do you know I watched that the other day? For the first time rewatching Sing Street, I, I watched, watched it. I watched day. it a fortnight ago. Oh, so I love good. It. I love that film. How great is that movie? You just feel great afterwards. How, how great is Jack Rayner in that movie? No. Like, it's that, like a grungy, pippy yeah. guy. <laughs> the jury's still out in this one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no no, 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 no woman can truly love a man who listens to <laughs> Phil Collins. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, best score uh, Jackie, uh, La La Land, Lion Moonlight And for some f- reason Passengers Passengers? Yeah. It's, it's, one of those, it's one of those soundtracks that's like ominous tones mm. More than anything else it's, Well probably that was That was good enough for them It's one of those mm, mm, Kind of a score you know It's kind of weird like that yeah. Okay, I'll do uh, I'll do two screenplays and then animated feature because they're like your kind of big ones. Okay. Okay. So uh, best original screenplay. Go on. What, what, what were you going to say? Oh uh, no, I was going to say do the screenplays. I'll do uh, White King after that, and then we'll do the animated. Okay. Yeah. Sounds yeah, good. Go on. Right. So best original. Uh, Hella High Water. Fair. Absolutely. Fair. This is yeah. what you were saying. Uh, La La Land. <laughs> oh for God's sake! Because. <laughs> Because yeah. it's a category. <laughs> La La Land. Because it's a category. Why not? Uh, the Lobster. Ah, oh, you still have another chance to see the lobster. No, so, and, I mean we've not really had a, an excuse because it's been on Netflix for. No, so I know long. it has. No, yeah. Twentieth uh, century women, which I really want to see. Not had the pleasure yet. Yeah, uh, and Manchester by the Sea. Hmm, I really liked the score to Manchester by the Sea. Actually. No, uh, this is the uh, best original screenplay. Oh, <laughs> the score still. Yeah. Uh, well, no, you know how I feel about the screenplay for. Uh, for, yeah, uh, match- um, oh, that, I, oh. I would prefer that to win. I think well, I'm <sighs> do you know probably going to do it. I, I love, I wholeheartedly love the screenplay for Manchester by the Sea, but you know when you're talking about it in the same breath as Hell or High Water, then mm. I start getting a little torn. Mm. Li- not overly torn, but a little torn. True, but then I just think, as much as I love it and as much as I think the dialogue is fantastic, it's a film about a guy trying to pay his mortgage. <laughs> 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 Essentially... <laughs> 
well, Jackie is a movie about planning a funeral. <laughs> <You know? laughs> describe a film simplistically. Surpri- yeah. Describe a film simplistically. <laughs> um, I'm drunk, I'm nobody, I'm drunk, I'm famous, I'm drunk, I'm dead. There you go, the doors. <laughs> <laughs> Arrival. Aliens can't speak English. Yeah. <laughs> Me no speak Americano. That is literally the plot of Arrival. <laughs> Uh, best adapted screenplay then um, Arrival really? <laughs> for, for, for oh it is an adaptation isn't it of yeah. Story of Your Life yeah yeah, which is pretty great okay. uh, Fences adapted from a play yes it is uh, Hidden Figures uh, it's a novel isn't it yeah yep. which I'm I'm going to save over to and I'm going to get back to Hidden Figures okay uh, Lion Lion yeah it's a novel as well yeah and uh, Moonlight which uh, is based on a play oh, is that based on a play okay. yeah I think the play it's called it's something like Sunlight Shut up. <laughs> Play, yeah. No, it's in in the moonlight. Black boys look blue. I believe is what it's called. That's the full title. Yeah, it's a bit of a precious based on a book pushed by Sapphire kind of a deal. Birdman or the importance of it. <laughs> right, Hidden Figures. Hidden Figures is such a tremendous story. I'm so happy this film's been made. The story deserves to be told. The dialogue is some of the worst dialogue I've ever heard in a film. Oh, I'm looking forward to reviewing this now. I just. Like, no one has these conversations. It's like, nothing is just... You've seen a Star Wars prequel, right? I hate sand. It's rough, it's coarse, it gets everywhere. <laughs> yeah, but also that wasn't nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay, was it? I am cradling balls when I do that. It's like you were being Jarrah from Labyrinth. <laughs> it kind of was, wasn't it? <laughs> You'll never find the baby. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's that's my piece. But yeah, let me know when you actually see... I, I look forward to it, I do. I look forward to having that discussion with you. I think is Hidden Figures two or three weeks away, I think. Something like that. I think it's two. Uh, when I sent the email about the pressure, I really should have put hidden fences in the subject line. Just no, because then you get an immediate no. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, you get an email back saying, "Sorry, I think you want Paramount." <laughs> Tell me about the White King. The White King, which is oh man, this is this is based on a novel. Right, I'm going to have to look up the name. I can't possibly remember his name uh, of the the novelist. Um, this is based. This is set in a dystopian future in a in a an isolated an isolated land known only as Homeland. And uh, into this into, in this land, you have a dictatorship, a sort of unnamed dictatorship that rules over everyone, and that's kind of it. We don't really know what they believe in or anything like that. And then you have a young boy being raised by his parents. His dad is taken away uh, under the accusation of treason. The mum and son are left behind. The son is, like 12. And uh, they are treated as outcasts by all the locals. The mum, by the way, is Agnes Dean, who is actually really, really impressing me this last year or so. Yeah, what was that film she was in? Sunset Sunset Song. Song, And she's absolutely tremendous in it. Um... It was Terence Davis? Terence Davis. Um, so the son, in the meanwhile, decides he, he, he wants to try and reconcile what he knows of this world, of, of the, the dictatorship that rules over them, versus the stories his dad's told him, which is basically the truth. And the meanwhile, as well, he also has this, this, this need to know what became of his dad, what's happened to him. There's also grandparents that he wants to connect with, played by Jonathan Price and Fiona Shaw, and the mum isn't too happy with him having this. And, yeah, it's... Right, we haven't got a clip for it. It's a really, really strange film. It feels like... <laughs> they get... It must have been a great novel. It really must have been a great novel, because it's not a particularly good movie. <laughs> There's so many ideas in here, tons of ideas, and they're just left completely unexplored. The film is 89 minutes long, and yet 
it feels like it goes on three times that. Nothing of consequence really happens in it. It's left on such an open end that you kind of feel like you wasted your time to begin with. And other than the fact that the three central characters, the three central performances in it, which are Jonathan Price, uh, Agnes Dean, and the young boy, other than the fact they're impressive, there's not an awful lot going for it. It really is this sort of numbing experience, this sort of joyless, depth-free, just (sighs) sauntering of, (laughs) here's a village with some shacks. I mean, it looks like every one of these films that you've seen in the last few years. It looks, actually, it looks like the compound they escaped to in uh, the fifth wave. Right. So I kept expecting Clomerettes to wander by with a backpack at any moment. But no. I mean, I just came away from it thinking, I'm just... What am I supposed to have taken away from this? Because other than a slight migraine, I don't really take an awful lot from it. But, yeah. I mean, I like Jonathan Price and all. Although I will say Jonathan Price's entire career is now just going to be, oh, look, it's the High Sparrow. Oh, he's High Sparrow for life. Oh, he's... And also, bad guy from uh, Tomorrow, uh, Tomorrow Never Dies. Oh, Elliot Carver. Elliot Carver, that's his name. <laughs> what What was his grand plan? He was going to blow up the internet or something? No, no, his grand plan was he was going to start a war between Britain and China. It had something to do with the internet, didn't it? No, no, no. He had, uh, he had a stealth boat that he sailed between the British and the Chinese fleets, and he fired at each one of them. <laughs> oh, yeah. You don't remember? He was going to get the Chinese and the Brits to, 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 to fire at each other and start a war, and then he would provide the coverage. He literally wanted to sell papers. That was his plan to take over the world. Hmm. Yeah. So Papers. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of ironic now, but, I mean, he should have just hacked Sony. But, <laughs> I feel like it would have been a much more cutting-edge plot for a Bond movie. Maybe but, we'll get him in the next one. Oh, man, could you imagine if that was actually the plot of a Sony-produced Bond movie? That'd be great. I Actually, love that. Is the next Bond movie going to be Sony? Cause yeah, because aren't the rights up for... The rights are up for sale, yeah. I don't know. Come on, Disney, get your wallet out. <laughs> I think uh, it was Scott Mendelson at Forbes made the case that Warner Brothers should get it. Yeah. That Warner Brothers could, could very easily do with it. But the brand... Oh, my God, they would... The brand prestige yeah. thing lined up. I could see that. Personally, I think Paramount should get it because they've got naff all in the way of franchises otherwise. So... we got Transformers... We got G.I. Joe, but they're <laughs> Yes, they're, yes they're, they, uh, I don't think we can really dispute that one, to be honest. <laughs> the thing with Transformers, though, is you can make those forever, but you know what you're making is crap. Hmm. You know it. it you know, it's, it's like if you ever had to fake you know, an art project and you just start flinging paint at the canvas, and then the next day, like, yeah, it's amazing. You're like, <laughs> you shouldn't have. I'm like, I didn't. <laughs> That's true. Powerman are truly the Jackson Pollock of crap. <laughs> <laughs> we say before they bring out their Green Hornet reboot. <laughs> the Jackson Pollock of crap. <laughs> wow. I remember that one. Next email I sent. Oh, man. Have we got any other categories? Animated films? What do we have for animated? This is, this is the last one I talked okay, about. Because well, I can't be yeah. asked to say, like, best sound mixing. Sound editing, unless best. you can tell me the difference between them both. So, best animated feature, Kubo and the Two Strings. Oh yes, which is also up for best visual effects. Really? Yeah. Do you know? Do you know the visual effects category? By the way, I'm, I'm interested in that. Also, oh, cinematography. Yeah. Okay, so off the top, I'll just open up my open, mic open the laptop back up. I'll open it up. Yeah, yeah. We'll make this happen. Let me do. Let me do animated. Then. Okay, animated. Um, so we've got Kubo just, and the Two Strings, which we both love. Yeah, uh, Moana. Well, naturally. <laughs> <laughs> Naturally, it's going to be oh, Moana. I hate you so much. It's not. No, um, 
Zootopia's going to win. Zootopia's going to win. No, no, when I say naturally it's going to be, I mean, of course it's nominated because it's our Disney film and there is a category. So, you know, the... the didn't work for Home on the Range, did it? Well, <laughs> let's be honest, nothing worked for Home on the Range. That's true. Did Home on the Range, did that start Cuba Gooding Jr., or am I imagining things? I don't know, I've never actually seen it, but I do know that Judy Dench is in it, voicing a cow. Oh my god. So... With that knowledge, why have I never seen it? <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. That, that's, that kind of makes me want to see that more. So yeah, uh, Moana, Zootopia, and then the requisite foreign animated films that they always have. Oh, the ones that no one ever sees. I know. Yeah. So we've got uh, The Red Turtle. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. We, yeah. we got a surprising number of messages. I think it was beginning of last year, when we were doing previews of the films to come out that year, we got a surprising number of messages through Twitter from people actually championing, I'm so looking forward to the Red Turtle. Huh. Yeah. Shout out to the Red Turtle fans. Shout out to the Red Turtle fans. By the way, on the subject of fans, I just want to point out, we still have not encountered a single Underworld fan. So, you know... So we don't exist. Not right. There. I'm just putting it out there. I know the stats that this show gets. I know how many people can hear this, and the fact that we can't find one Underworld fan yeah. is statistically mind-blowing. We're, we're talking to you, Steve. <laughs> Chances are, it's Steve. There's a Steve There's out a there. Steve, isn't there? And finally, possibly the best titled film that has been nominated for the Oscars, on. My Life as a Zucchini. <laughs> wow. That's the best title I've heard. That's incredible. Hang on, so we couldn't get Sausage Party in on the best animated feature? <laughs> Man. No, but if it was uh, Zucchini Party, be right in. <laughs> uh, best Cinematography, cool. Arrival. Arrival makes me yes. especially happy uh, because Bra- it's Bradford Bra- Young. Bradford Young, yeah. I almost said Bradfield Young. Bradford Young. Bradfield. <laughs> um, uh, La La Land. Of course it has, yeah. I mean, some of the shots are amazing. Yeah, they are, yeah. But the Cinemascope ruins it. But, um, Lion. Some beautiful imagery in there, yeah. Uh, silence. It's only nomination as well. Is it its only nomination? Mm. Not even under adapt. Actually, I didn't realise it hadn't got an adapted screenplay. It's pretty difficult, though, isn't it? Well, yeah. But, and uh, 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 Moonlight. Because category. Because it's amazing. Yeah. Because the cinematography is incredible. Uh, do you know what? I, I, I'm, I'm really looking forward. You've talked up Moonlight so much. I'm really looking forward to seeing it. I've talked up so much, I don't think you're actually going to like it. <laughs> <laughs> come, come in the next day. What the hell was that? What Alan? are you thinking? <laughs> No, it's uh, yeah, it's really good. What was the other one you wanted to know? Uh, visual effects. You mean visual effects? I always like those. Visual effects. You want to know about editing? Uh, not really. Never really fascinates That's me. Fair. Uh, down the list we go, and um, we're at best visual effects. Okay. This is interesting, actually. Okay. Right, Rogue One. Fair, yeah. Obvi. Uh, Kubo with two strings, as I previously said. Yeah, because I think the whole thing with that is because it's not computer animated, is it? No, no, it's it's isn't it three D printed stop motion? Yes, like Paranorman mm. was. As well, well, it's the same shoot. It's like yeah, it. yeah. That's that's my deal. That's what we do. Uh, the Jungle Book. Ooh, mm. ooh, that is an interesting one. Yeah. Uh, Dormammu, Doctor Strange. Yeah. No, not a chance. Not a chance. I think I think it deserves a nomination. It deserves a nomination, but given the competition, not a chance. I don't know, and. A big surprise. Okay. Deepwater Horizon. Wow. Okay. That's a lot of CGI fire. Well, yeah, I suppose <laughs> it is. And they, they, they have managed to make yeah. uh, Kurt Russell resemble a live functioning human being again. So <laughs> <laughs> That's what they've got it for. <laughs> That's what they've got it for. But, yeah. oh no, Jungle Book every time on yeah. there. It's got That's, a Jungle Book. You say. can't knock such an achievement, the Jungle Book. Yeah. 
But I enjoyed uh, Deepwater Horizon. Actually, think about I it. I did. I've yes. not watched Patriots Day, but uh, I'll be watching that soon. No, I'm looking forward to. It. I saw the trailer for the first time the other day uh, before Triple mm. X, and uh, I was actually this is really mm, good. Also, is that Supergirl in a hijab? And yeah, it is. Yes, it, it is. is. It really is. Yeah. Actually, I've just yeah, I forgot to tell you about this. Go on. So, one of your favorite films from last year. One of my favorite films from last year. Yeah. Uh. Ooh, stretching my mind a bit. Yeah. Uh, was it, it Sausage Party? No, it did begin with an S. It was called Suicide Squad. Oh, that one, yeah. Suicide Squad is an Oscar nominated film. I heard that. What's it nominated for? Best Makeup and Hairstyle. <laughs> <laughs> for Jai Courtney. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Them some good sideburns. Oh. Yeah. Well, um, do you know what? That kind of fits, actually, because if there's one thing you're going to remember Suicide Squad for. It's, it's it's sense of aesthetics. Uh, the other two from that category, uh, a foreign film, I'm not sure from which, from which country, uh, called uh, A Man Called Oove. Not another one. And Star Trek Beyond. Star Trek Beyond. I feel like it's a really weird mixed bag of I, makeup and hairstyle. Like, what? Yeah. Is this because of that scorpion claw head lady in Star Trek Beyond? You're the one whose head opens up like a, a crab claw. Oh, yeah. Maybe it's because of that, I don't know. But that's not really hairstyle, Or maybe uh, makeup. Uh, right? Sophia Nutella. Sophia Nutella. <laughs> <laughs> Careful, she'll kick you in the face with her knife heels. But Yeah, uh, she, she is a Blade Runner. But yeah, that's that's me done. And I'm, I'm not going to go into uh, okay. the, other, the other ones. But yeah, well done if you got nominated. And yeah, if yeah. you didn't, just watch it. Be, be bored like everyone else. So you're not going to end saying it's like best costumes or anything? Oh, for Pete's sake. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. No, no, I'm, 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 I'm going to say it because, yeah. Um, Allied? Allied. Well, that makes sense. It's a Costumier's movie. What? I don't know why that tickled me so much. Costumier. Costumier. It's a Costumier. What is your job? I am a Costumier. <laughs> well, you can't use it with You can't really assign that to anything else. But uh, You really can't. <laughs> what does he do? He is a Costumier. Yes, you wouldn't say that about anything else. Like, Let me just say a, co- a, a costumer. Yeah, costumier, that is the term. That co- it's not a word. I'm pretty sure that's the term. Anyway, fantastic piece somewhere to find one. Also a costumier's movie. <laughs> Fawns Foster Jenkins. How many costumiers were the man? <laughs> Jackie. Fair. Ah, no, Jackie's getting it. Yeah. Bet you. Well, is she? Because La La Land is also nominated. Oh... Yeah, it wears some good suits. I feel some dope ass suits. I <laughs> feel like the 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 legacy connection between Jackie Kennedy and the fashion industry is too strong to to, to fashion icon, wasn't she? Yeah, she was such an icon. A lot of that's in the film. Yeah, a lot of that that classic styling is in the film, and the way it's shot, and it all kind of looks like it belongs in a DR advert. And yeah, yeah. I think Jackie's getting that. But uh, I would be inclined to possibly agree. Well, that's it. The laptop is closed. I am done. Um, that's yeah. Well, you know who's I'm not getting done. an award this year, though. Not my boy. No, it's your boy. Your boy's not getting an award this year. <clears> so <throat> I feel like we should we should pay him back in our own special way. He, does, we, he doesn't need one. He's already got one. Well, you know, he has got a theatrical release for the first time in a while in like three weeks' time. That's true. But in the meanwhile, here it is. Your moment of cage. Listen, I'm just a biochemist. Most of the time, I work in a glass jar and lead a very uneventful life. I drive a Volvo, beige one. But what I'm dealing with here is one of the most deadly substances the Earth has ever known. So what do you say you cut me some friggin' slack? 